or think about or talk about that in less than 17 years. Because I was just reading through the first 17 verses going, are you kidding me? And so for the next few weeks, we're going to go extremely practical and then we'll be all in Christmas. And isn't it exciting to talk about Christmas for a while and the life change that happens at Christmas to end the year saying, God, here's where we go and pick up the year back in Colossians. That's where we're heading. Everybody good with that? I'm going to be extraordinarily practical today and kind of blend Colossians with a chat of just a verse from Romans. And, and I hope that you can walk out. A friend of mine shared with me a little while ago a truth, and I think it's a truth for a lot of us. And so um, I want to build off of that truth for just a little bit, and you'll catch it in, as we walk our way through. Colossians has told us a lot of things. I mean, for instance, we just left a series called Freedom, and, and Colossians has said, we are free from death. In other words, when we're talking about this 10,000 thing, that's you and me still. 10,000 years from now, better than we just did, we will be worshiping. How amazing is that? So we're kind of freed from this idea of death. We're freed from sin in Christ. We're freed from condemnation, which is a huge thing for a believer in Jesus Christ. I mean, when it says that you are forgiven all of your sin, the Bible actually means that. So that's just good news. I'm just, I'm kind of throwing out some good news of where we've been. You should hear this good news. And, and even more than free from condemnation, we're free from shame. That, that this was probably one of the most poignant things for me to, to walk through this day and to be able to share with new members class. And we were in for the first hour and a half for, uh, of this, um, day together and just to talk about the authenticity of this church. And to just have one guy sharing his heart with tears running down his face and just talking about the faith family and how it's shaping his life and ultimately over the next few weeks probably going to involve buying a plane ticket and saying goodbye to the United States and hello to another country. And just hearing that story and just saying it's, it's because I'm walking with people who are, are not perfect and don't have it all together but are perfectly seeking Jesus Christ. And, and see, in a room like this, here's what you should know if you're a guest today and hanging out with us. We are extraordinarily normal, ordinary people who worship an extraordinary Savior. And when we're just mosaics of grace, and we are not put together. We are being put back together by God for the sake of His glory. And as He puts us together, we are free from death, free from sin, free from condemnation, free from shame. We just sit in here together as a whole slew of people who boast greatly in the cross. And you love that cross. And so um, please don't mistake what you're walking into if you're a guest or maybe more importantly for those of us who've been coming to church for um, 100 years. You do not have it all together. He holds all things together. And so we're just kind of all these people celebrating grace without shame, without condemnation, with no fear of death, with ultimate hope in Christ. I mean, we're free from guilt, praise God. We're free to grow, praise God. We're free to deepen in Him. We're free to become. I just look at a million. I, I just think, God, I love feet. I'm, I'm weird. I don't have a foot fetish going on here. I just love little children's feet. And I love to just look at their feet and I think about this. God, where will you take those beautiful feet? I mean, as I dedicate a million, I'm looking at her feet going, where's she going to walk? What's she going to do? How's this church going to shape her walk? How will we paint out what it walks, looks like to walk with Jesus? And she's just free. She's free to become whatever God intends for her. And that will happen in context of this room. You, you wide-eyed people believing this stuff about our God. 
This, this is what Colossians has been telling us, that we're, we're free and complete in Him. You don't have anything else you need to do to be complete on this planet. You're full and free in Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. You're free to live. You're free in Christ. You're free and alive and breathing. I was listening to a song recently written by Chris Tomlin. I am breathing in His grace. And I am shouting out His praise. And we're free just to do that as the body and to come together and say, God, your resurrection defines us as the church. And we're so excited about that. And here's, here's what they believe in the early church, that, that in this land of people walking around, not bad or wrong, but spiritually dead, in the land of the dead, we walk as the living, alive to the things of God. And we demonstrate his goodness and his beauty and his wonder as we walk about. What an exciting and privilege that we have to flesh that out before people. And I love this. Paul says the, the early church, the first believers, and this is kind of a little bit of Colossians leading up to Romans 12, they were so found in Jesus Christ and they deeply believe this about one another. And I really want us to ask, do we believe this about one another? They believe that a, a, a relationship with Jesus and a church in Jesus Christ, there would be such profound change among us. That our identity would be so radical that it would change everything about of who we are. Everything in our awareness of ourselves. Everything in our awareness of God. I mean, they were convicted that identifying with Jesus and identifying with His cross would radically alter everything. That convicted the early church. I mean, they talked about this. In fact, when you read the scriptures and what the early church said about themselves... They talked about themselves before Christ as the old man or the old self. This person that I used to be, that's no longer who I am. I am a new person in Christ. Paul says this in Colossians 3. He says, you've died, and actually in 2, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. See, it's like we're this new creation that's going on here, and it's exciting. And not only did, not only are you a new creation, the old you has died and you have come alive to a new you, but you are, you have, I mean, you have this new person, this whole new nature. And, and in this whole nature, they, they actually talk about it this way. I'm reading in the letters of Paul, the way that I used to walk. I love that. The things that I used to be about. Here, here's how you could describe yourself in this room. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a used to be. These things that I used to do, these things I used to be about, these places I used to go, this, that used to be me, it is no longer me. They believed this in the early church, that something so transformational was happening. Not just that it happened, but it was happening in their lives that they said, there's no way, this is, by the way, Colossians 2 and Colossians 3, there's no way we would go on living this way. There's no way that our lives could carry on in any other way other than who we are. And you look at the early church. I mean, they were a bunch of wild, praying, believing, living people. I don't mean living as in breathing. I mean, they lived Jesus. I mean, they fleshed him out day in and day out. I mean, and and among them, and this is post-Jesus, they're just walking around. I mean, the dead in Christ rose. The lame walked. The leper was healed. Thousands by thousands came to know Christ as Savior. Every day someone was getting rescued out of their story and placed into a new story as new creations. This is what comprised the early church. 
and they thought that was normal. I mean, this, this is how they talked about it. They talked about this old part. We don't even understand that anymore. And Paul says we, he believes fully that we could count ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ and living in the same manner. And he talks about us. And I think that, that we just come and say, God, how do you come alive in the middle of us? How do you come alive in the middle of this faith family? How do you show resurrection live among us? How do you live your life? I mean, how do people watch us and say, we're going to follow Jesus? How do people watch us and say, we see a group of people who are 10,000 year people. They're kind of looking out there and going, that defines how I live out this day. I mean, how do we live as the people who are an incredible apologetic for the faith in Jesus Christ? How do we live as a people where radical God-sized things are happening among us? And, and I don't have all those answers in one sermon. They don't come in a power-packed 30 minutes, regardless of who the pastor is. But I do have a, a singular thought for this day that just really flows out of Romans 12 too. As he starts to talk about this idea of changing your mindset and changing your perspective of who you are. Paul says in, in Romans 12.1, he says some, some powerful things about us that we should offer ourselves and our bodies as living sacrifices, that it will be something that God finds incredibly um, appealing, that he finds extraordinarily acceptable. But I love Romans 12 too. Because if we want to live as a whole slew of used-to-be's, as a group of people who has the life of Christ among us, he tells us in a succinct verse, this is how it's going to happen. You're no longer going to conform to the patterns of this world. But you're going to be transformed. And I like when I hear that because I could get motivated and I could like preach a motivational message about that and you would walk out motivated. But I like Paul because he says, oh, by the way, here's how. You're going to be transformed by thinking in a completely new way. You will renew your mind. And when you renew your mind, here's where it gets super exciting. Then you will be able to test God's will. You'll be able to think about how, as God thinks, there will be a whole room full of people whose minds are being renewed, their hearts are being turned, their lives are being changed, they're being transformed. The patterns of this world, we used to do that. We don't do that anymore. I mean, that's not who we are. And it's not out of some guilt trip. It's out of a renewed mind and a passion of the soul for the things of God. And then we're, then we're all going like, look, is this God's will? This is incredible. We're walking in the middle of it. His good, pleasing, and beautiful, magnanimous will. That's who we are. That's the passion of our soul. I love this verse because it says, look, as we begin to think about this, we begin to be a people who are deeply immersed in the word. I mentioned my friend early on in the service. A friend of mine was sitting by me. He was a friend I'd known for a lot of years. He's a friend that in a moment of utter transparency looked at me and said something so powerful. Mr. Collar, you take care. Do you know how few charter members are still around and how cool that is to have him back? He lives in Tennessee. He's planned his whole funeral service in this room to celebrate the goodness of God through the life of this church with the Colonel Dan this weekend, I believe. And it's what he, he told me this. I, I'm not like being weird here. He just... I mean, that's, he's sharing his heart with me and says, I love this church. It changed my life. And oh, I love that. Just, he had to head back to Tennessee. I don't remember where I was. I just, I, I just, I mean, this whole slew of people who used to be. And I, Mike was sitting with me and he was talking. And he, and he had an, an utter moment of transparency. I've known him for a lot of years. I love this guy. He leads worship every week. Plays the guitar. And he, he wrote me a note and he said, Mark, 
I don't know how to read the Word. And, and I wish Mike were like that random thing, but in the conversations I've had, I've had so many people who said to me, look, I hear your messages week in and week out, and I want to be passionate for this, but I don't know how to read your Word. I don't know, my, my Word doesn't matter. I don't know how to renew my mind. I don't know how to think differently. And I've got a, a lot of different ways to talk about this, and you'll hear them over the years. I love the Lectio Divina, just the way to read the Scripture for depth and meaning. Um, I love, uh, Louis Giglio's written a great uh, study on how to read the Word of God. None of those can I cover in about 15 minutes, which I'm going to do right now. But um, one, at one point, I, I just shared some really practical stuff. If we're going to be about renewing our mind, then we've got to be a people of the Word. we got a people who, I mean, we're passionate for the Word in this room. Here's some things I wrote about the Word. Um, it's just the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make us like the Son of God. And, and the Word of God is so rich. It talks about it over and over. I mean, the Word of God generates life, creates faith, produces change, scares the enemy, causes um, healing, perpetuates miracles, builds character, transforms circumstances, imparts joy, overcomes adversity, defeats temptation, infuses hope. I mean, I could keep going for quite a while. We should be pretty passionate about the Word. And we, we, no longer com- we no longer conform to the patterns of this world. We're transformed. Here's how. Because we love the Word of God. And we're a people who are just saying, man, we love this. And I have no doubt that as I just said that, there are a score of you in this room who are very adept at reading and devouring the Word. And there are also a score of you in this room who hear that and say, please, somebody help me. So let's just help for a few minutes. Let's just talk about how can we read the Word. I love this. It says about Scripture. Job said this. You want to talk about a guy who merits merits respect in the kingdom of God, who lives above circumstances, Joe said this, I have treasured the word of the Lord's mouth more than daily bread. So that when you roll into a circumstance where the Lord gives and takes away, the reason you'll say things like that is because you have treasured the word of the Lord more than daily bread. God, I find myself fasting, which is an uncommon trait of us, unfortunately, I find myself fasting, not even having planned it. I just got lost in your word. No amens rocking there. It doesn't define us very well, does it? And yet Job says, I get lost in the scripture and I don't physically eat because I'm being sustained by the word of God. It just moves me. I love Dwight L. Moody. He says, the Bible was not given to increase our knowledge. It was given to change our lives. It just completely change who we are. I love, um, if you'll go, Karen, with where you guys were this weekend. How can a beautiful young girl keep her mind pure? How can we be pure? By making the reading of the word our map. I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you have posted. This is Psalm 119 in the message. God, I don't want to miss this. I have banked your promises in the vault of my heart so that I will not send myself bankrupt. That is a great reiteration of Romans 12 too. So how do we do this? Be generous with me, Psalm 119 says, Lord, and I'll live a full life. Not for a minute will I take my eyes off of the road. When Mike's looked at me and said that, I, I flashed back to a, a, a teaching that I heard quite a while back. He just said, look, I look at the Word of God and prayer and Scripture is two things. 
I just look at it as this powerful, powerful moment, and it is two things together. And I think it's really funny for me because very often we will we will pray and read the scripture, and what if they're not two different things? And what if our prayer life really became centered on God's word and what He wanted for us? And what if our prayer life became this incredible renewal? I am um, I I have always since my first car that I ever purchased liked to drive Jeeps. I love Jeeps. I love to go out with a no top and just go. And so um, what if just in seven thoughts, and they're listed on your paper, and these don't take 10 minutes each, so you guys can relax. What if in seven thoughts we could just say, this is a great way to read the Word, and we just pretend like it was an incredible road trip? Can we do that and just say, for those of you sitting in the room, those of you that are just connoisseurs of the Word, one of the you know how to study the Word, you should be praying across this room right now that this, this, this entire body will become a people who love the Word of God. For those of you that have been sitting in the room, you're like my friend Mike, an incredible moment of vulnerability saying, would somebody please tell me what y'all keep preaching about? I, I don't know how. Well, I just I love to kind of put it like a road trip. And one of the first things I do when I grab my Jeep and just say, let's go relax. Church people have stressed me out. Susan, let's go for a ride. You know? I mean, the first things I'm going to do, because if we go for a ride, we're going to go into the country, and I may not see a gas station for a while, so I'm just going to fill up my tank. That's just going to be one of the first prerogatives. If uh, You know, I first told this, um, I had a motorcycle, and that didn't work for me. I have vertigo really badly. Vertigo and two wheels, not friends. And so a Jeep is, it's just a friend of mine. And so if I'm going to go in the ride for the Jeep and just rest and relax and take a long ride, run down the coast, end up, you know, sitting on the beach somewhere down, you know, south, south of St. Augustine, just going, wow, I'm going to fill up the tank. And I think when we engage the word, we, we start off and just going, you know, I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to start. I love this. Just begin by conversing with God and saying, God, I believe you're going to meet me in this word. I love the conversations. Please don't pray in some way where you're not in a conversation with the Lord. When we begin to fill our tank before God, we just come to Him with His Word and say, God, I think that what you have could change my life. I think the next few minutes we're going to share together could literally chart my course for this day. And literally what you're about to tell me in your Word could truly be about what we're going to be about. And God, I believe that everything around you is speaking of your glory and I'm about to engage you. And so God, I am filling myself up now. You come meet me here. This is about to get exciting. I'm expecting you to change my life. And I think he will. But I think we first just start by saying, God, we're expecting you to meet us here. We know, we know this book is alive. We know this book is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so, God, we're coming to you expecting to meet you living and active here. And so fill your tank. And I love this. I love this. I love this. This doesn't apply anymore. My favorite part of preaching this antiquates me because I've taught this about two or three times now. But I love the next one. Choose a road, you know. Now, now, this is what I used to love to say, and it's just no longer applicable hardly in the younger generation. But get a cappuccino, go to Lifeway, and sit down in the Bible section and breathe. It is a heavenly, surreal experience that most of the young generation won't have because they have the Bible app. Some of you are like, oh, we don't like the Bible app. Why not? Now the Bible carries around your pocket everywhere. It's exciting. Don't fight that. Be rejoicing in that. I was listening when I was jogging one day. They were talking about the Bible app and they were saying, we are about to approach our millionth person downloading and we're praying that the next year we'll reach 10 million. I'm going, are you serious? This is so exciting. But what I would, I would tell people is choose a road. In other words, there are a lot of different versions and there can be real confusion about that. 
And just really go in and sit down and find a version. I, I love the message as it kind of sits in the devotional life. I love the ESV as it's really a word for word. Before that, I love the NAS because it was really kind of a, a word for word passion. And I would, I would just go in lifeway and sit down and drink a coffee and pull about 10 different versions off. And there's going to be one that clicks with you. And so here's you easy young people. You just click on your app and you've got, you can read it in Latin for heaven's sake. Skip past all of us non-scholars and just start reading the Hebrew and Greek. No, it's just, I mean, it's so exciting. But look through and find a road that really fits you. And then more importantly than that, there's a cheesy joke I won't tell, but do not walk into the scripture reading with the point and shoot method, you know? I'm just going to open today and see what word God has for me. Choose a road wisely. If you're a new person to the faith, walk the road of the book of John and discover the majesty of your Savior. If you were walking in this fellowship, I would have chosen the road of Colossians quite a while back and just said, Lord, how do you want to speak to me, both in context of the body, but how do you want to meet me day in and day out as I choose this road? I I find myself just kind of choosing the path and walking down that path and just really saying, God, this is going to be an incredible study. And if three of, I mean, if you're going to, once you get on the road, you should slow down. This is not a sprint. And this is where it messed up. You start hanging out with people who say, I've read through this book 97 times, you know? I mean, you just feel like a spiritual gnat. Here, here's what I would just say to you. Slow down. The Word of God is meant to be marinated in. I, I just, and, and as you're choosing the road, here, here's, let me back up to number two. Choosing a road for me, I have three different roads I'm on every day. So some things I'm just reading for content. Like one road I'm on is, I have an app that teaches me through the Bible every year. I'm reading that every year. But then I'm, I'm parked in Colossians. And it, I might go two words a day. And then there's some theological truths. I might want to study salvation for a while or end times for a while. Or there's a deeper road that I'll delve in. There's a lot of... can get weird when I say this. There's many roads to study the Word. But slow down in, in one of them. It's a scenic drive. It's a winding road. Throttle back and enjoy. I'll give you an example of slowing down. Um, I was studying Philippians at one point in life and just walking word by word. And I love Paul. He says, I'm Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. I, I, here's as far as I got day one, the word servant. And here's what can get super exciting. You start digging in there and going, I wonder what he means by that. And you discover the word doulos. And then you are going to slow down and you are going to uncork for the next month on the word doulos. And then you might wind back up again. And then he'll mess you up because then he'll say, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, and you'll probably stop and say, I wonder what the word saint means. And then you'll start reading the word hagios, and it will blow your mind. What it means biblically for you to be set apart as a saint of God. And you know what we do? We're going to finish a book, so we blow through that. Slow down. Discover what God has for you. Enjoy His truth. Here's my favorite part, taught to me by my wife. Pull off at brown signs. Okay, I got to tell you, I was raised. I was raised by my father. You've met my dad. My dad was like, "Hey, boys," except I can't talk. Boys, I don't. I have no voice like his. He speaks, and you like just start repenting. You're sorrowful. You know, he's got that deep, booming voice, and he was like. Boys, you go to the bathroom because we're not stopping until East Texas, you know? I, I can't tell you some of the things he said that were just, you know, 
We're going to drive. We're going to drive and drive, drive and drive until heaven comes. We're driving. I mean, he, he was on a mission from the Lord. And we're going to get there. I remember my brother weeping in the backseat. I don't go, Dad. I don't care. It's only been seven hours. I love my dad. And I, and I got in the car for the first time with my wife. We had gone 11 miles. And she says these words, look, it's a brown sun. Let's go see. I had liberation. It was total freedom. We know, Cynthia vouched for this, Lydia. We know every brown sign in the state of Florida. If you're wondering what they are because you live with my father, those are the things you go by at 80 miles an hour. And if you live with my wife, those are historical moments. You'll see the Cracker Museum. Just south of Tallahassee, running down, what's that highway down to Inverness? More than once, for heaven's sake. You'll be driving to Arkansas and decided it's worthwhile to go into Oklahoma so that you can see Sequoia's home. Three hours out of the way. I love it. And I have been made a new man. I pull off at Brownside. Biblically, let me get back to the actual point now. Biblically, pull off and make memories. Pull off and recognize, God, in this moment, this is a great place. If you're a writer, to pull out your iPad. Or if you're, if you're old school, pull out your moleskin. And just start to write and say, God, in this moment, I see you. I have pulled off at this sign. I am seeing what a doulas is. It's changing the way I think. And I want to think differently. And so here we are, God. And we're just here. We're pulled off. This is magnificent. And I am looking. I love this. I love this. I am looking at a view I have never seen before. And if I hadn't pulled off, I would have never seen this view. And this was the brown side intended for me and you, Holy Spirit. You have filled my tank. I have been down this road. You are teaching me a truth. And I am sitting with you on this right. Pull off at brown signs and just enjoy it. It's a great time to reflectively listen. Once again, prayer and scripture reading are not two separate things. You begin to dialogue with the Lord. I wonder how I'm doing, Father, at serving you. I wonder about the surrender thing and whether my heart and life is fully surrendered to you. Now, can we just think and write about this? Will you script on my heart what you want? Moving on. Create a memory moment. I love this um, because I love this view of Scripture. James says this, that the Scripture is a mirror to your soul. Um, once again, I hate to keep talking about my wife, but she's a scrapbooker, and, and um, now scrapbooks are kind of new and on computer. But uh, this is a gift that we got. Uh, it's a memory gift from our church we served for 13 years, and it's so amazing. It's it's a memory book, and it's um, every family. And we have, ten, I think, 10 of these. This is just one of them. And every family in the church did two pages, and they wrote the most amazing stuff. And I mean, it's just incredible memory. And I don't I don't look at this as um, a series of words on the page. Or I don't see the face in it and think, oh, wow, look at his, look at his hair stubble, you know? I, I mean, I, I flip open to page one, and I see a friend of mine who passed away at age of 40 who lived um, an amazing story of faith, who taught me how to live and die for the sake of Christ. I see her face. I, I, don't, I don't see a picture I look and see a van that was a ride to a conference that really shaped and healed our hearts as we heard that news. And I just I see a band 
that named themselves Bare Feet 3-5 that never played with shoes because they wanted to be like Moses because they were on holy ground. And I can talk hours about that band and the songs we wrote as we worshiped together. And I, I think there's moments when you open the Word and, and, and you're in a memory moment where you're no longer seeing this as a black and white piece of Scripture. You're reading Romans, the sixth chapter, and remembering when we, when we sold our home so that we can move into a new neighborhood where people were building new homes for the sake of the gospel. We, we open up Romans 15, and I see where I named my child Julia because Julia had a house church meeting in her home. I, I don't see this as a black and white book to study anymore. I see it as experiential encounters with the living God. He's changed my life. And when you read the Word of God, it changes your life and you create memory moments. You talk about it along the way. I love this. Begin a conversation with God. Talk with Him. I love Psalm 119. It says, Help me understand these things inside and out so that I can ponder your miracles. And I love this because if you read the Word this way, your prayer life is no longer launched out of your God Santa Claus list. Your prayer life is launched out of His truth and His Scripture. You're no longer wondering, am I in line with God? You're now praying the Scripture that He is bringing you fully on board with Him. It doesn't mean you can't pray outside of this context. I'm just suggesting that this is a great place to begin a dialogue in the fruit and the fullness of the Word of God. So you just really pull off and say, God, I, I want to talk to you about this trip. And the last thing, and then we're going to wrap and walk into a day. But I, I love this one. This would be the part where you go, okay, what do I do about this? What adjustments do I need to make? And here's what I suggest as you're reading the Scripture. God, today, you have just presented with me this to think about all day. I have just met you in the Word. See, here's what we're assuming. We're assuming that tomorrow morning we're going to crack open the Scripture and we're going to venture through the day in the Word of God. And Lord, you have met me here. You have completely changed my life. And here's, here it is. What do I need to do differently to match up with who you are, Father? How do I do that? And that's something, that's not something you put down. That's all day long. For some of us, some of those truths are all lifelong. You know, I want to die to this, Lord. And I want to come alive to you. And the thing, the thing that's the neatest part for me as we begin to read Scripture this way and we become a place that's just passionate about the Word, here's what happened. I started this off just kind of um, with a cup of Anybody see it? It was a cup of water. And just while I was talking, I just dropped a little bag in it. And here's what the neatest part, and this is what God does, is He, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Is that not awesome? When we marinate and park in and travel with the heart of Scripture in our soul, it's not that just water takes on a brown color. It takes on a whole new name. I'm no longer holding water. I'm holding... It's a whole new chemical makeup. It's completely been transformed. The taste is different. The look is different. The chemical makeup is different. It is a whole different thing. And that's what happens when the body of Christ engages the Word of God and it transforms our life and we become a renewed people. How cool is that? So may you travel well with the living Father as you journey in His Word for the sake of His grace and His name. Let's pray together. Jesus, I love you. I praise you for this day. We love you. And 
we're just so thankful. God, we're thankful that you have given us your written word, and I pray that you will, you will park us in it, deepen us in it, and call us consistently back to it. God, I pray that we can take this as an extraordinarily practical message, and God, your word will come alive through this church over the next um, days, months, and years. That, God, we will be a people who are defined by it, in love with it, and living it out. I pray this in the beautiful name of Jesus. We're going to close today singing a song. Dr. Davis is here at the front. Ryan Ship is here at the front. There are some people who have already made a decision to make this church their home. And they're going to start to come. And maybe you're in this room and God has just been prompting you to make some decisions for his sake. And you want to come and share it with Dan. You want to share it with Ryan. There's nothing weird here at the front. It's just a matter of people coming and saying, we want to be a part of this fellowship. Some people coming and saying, we hear about this Jesus, but we want to know who you're talking about. Some of us need to come and simply say to the Lord, we're going to be a people who are after your word. Whatever decision, however the Lord is speaking to you, I just invite you now to have an opportunity to respond. So Jesus, be glorified in this moment. Can we stand together? Let's worship together. For those who are making decisions, would you come right now? In Jesus' name.